0: I'm not afraid to Hi there, it's Megan Mitchell from Agents of Change. Thanks for checking out my podcast. If you enjoy the content, please check out my ASWB test prep courses for the bachelor's, master's, and clinical exams. Each Agents of Change course includes more than 30 key topics that closely match the ASWB KSA content areas. Our content is great for both auditory and visual learners and includes video walkthroughs, supplemental materials, hundreds of practice questions, and twice-monthly live study groups with me. You can learn more and get 10 free practice questions at agentsofchangeprep.com. Welcome, everyone. This is Megan Mitchell, the founder of Agents of Change Social Work Test Prep. And I'm very excited today. We have one of our partners. We have the founder of Black Girls in Social Work. And we have Dequa Simon here today. So without further ado, welcome to our podcast. It's nice to have you.
1: Nice to be here today with you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So I guess we will go ahead and
0: jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit, introduce yourself, tell us about the work that you do and um, a little bit about your work in the field?
1: Great. So my name is Badiqua Simon. I do go by dequa um, I welcome everyone to call me that. I only go by Badiqua when my dad is fussing <laughs> at me because I did something wrong. Um, So my name is Dequa Simon, I am the creator of Black Girls in Social Work, and I am also a library social worker um, at a library um, in South Carolina, so I do that as well, and I'm just happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome, thank you so much.
0: So we can start with how you kind of created Black Girls in Social Work, that would be awesome, because I know you have a very large following um, now. Mm -hmm.
1: We do. Um, I believe that we may be at 24,000 members right now in our Facebook community. Um, We have a large Instagram following as well. But the funny part about all of that is I did not um, create Black Girls in Social Work with the intention of having like this huge platform. Um, So when I started Black Girls in Social Work, I was working at my local um, social service agency. Um, I was a caseworker there. Um, I did not like the job.
0: <laughs> I did not
1: like the work. I love the work that I was doing. Um, but I just didn't like the environment. Um, and how the work was being executed. And so I was just unhappy. Um, at the job and unhappy with my options. Um, I didn't have my license. Um, and I learned really quickly that without my license, I was not afforded the best opportunity as far as work um and pay so I just didn't know where to go after that like I was unhappy with where I was but I had no idea with I had no idea how to get where I wanted to be. Um, and there wasn't much social work support around me. Um, a lot of the people that I graduated from college with, they've all dispersed after graduation. They moved off to different places. And then the people that I were still connected with, they were struggling as well. Um, there was only two individuals with social work degrees in my office at that time, um, and they were planning on getting their masters in something else. They weren't even planning on continuing social work. So I just I was at a place where I felt like I didn't have the resources that I needed and the support that I needed. Um, so I started seeking like support online. Like I started joining different Facebook groups and I joined a Facebook group. Um, it was about financial health, basically. And in the group, I saw a lot of black women posting that they were social workers and they were, they had very low income and they're trying to figure out how to maximize their income, like if they should get other jobs. And at that point I was working two jobs, Mm -hmm. um, trying to take care of myself and I was just like oh wow like I'm not the only one and I kept noticing the pattern was that it was black women that were that were lacking this information um within the social art field and lacking that support um so I was on my lunch I was on a lunch break and I was just like I guess I could make a Facebook group like to get all of us together because I want to have a conversation with all these women and see like, what can we do? What do we need? Like, and kind of learn from each other. And so I whipped out my notebook and I started writing down the title came to me, Black Girls in Social Work. And I started writing <laughs> down the rules for the group and stuff. And I was like, you know what, this can't wait. And so I started like creating the, the <laughs> creating the group on my phone and all of that. And so by the time I got home, I had I had already published the group during my lunch break. And by the time I got home, I think we were already at like 100 members because I added like people that I went to school with, but people that I went to school with, went to undergrad with other people. Mm-hmm. So they were just adding people and adding people. So by the time I got home, it was 100. Um, I think in our first 30 days, we got to 1,000 and then it grew from there, grew from there. I don't even, I think like in the first maybe six months, we got to 10K maybe or the, mm, maybe more than six months. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it grew so fast. Um and I learned so much about what we were needing and what we didn't have. And I just realized that I wasn't alone. And so I'm just like, okay, well what can I do? I found myself revisiting, okay, what can I bring to this platform to help everyone? Um and so that's how we got to <laughs> where we are. Just a random idea on my lunch break after seeing a need and I feel like it's very that was very social work of me it's <laughs> like textbook social worker just right. assessing seeing what's needed creating what needs to be done and just going from there um and so that's how we came about I love that you shared that
0: story because I think it's a testament to that there was a need there that you guys were able to grow so fast Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you saw the need, and you're like, "Let's do this," and it was a need because now your group is over twenty thousand people, which is
1: right, awesome. That's yeah, super and great. we and we get feedback every day of the different things that people were able to acquire since joining the group. Um, we've seen members go off and get new job opportunities because of the space we've created. Um, we've done a resume class, we've done a license prep class. Um, and we've done so many different things. And we're planning to do many more things that helps with the professional and the personal development, just looking at our, mem- at our members from a holistic point of view, just like we look at our clients, um, and just seeing like what's needed and what we can provide. I love that. That's awesome. And I saw that you guys are going to start some
0: regional um, events. Can you talk a little bit more about how people can connect with other people
1: in their area? Sure. Yeah. So, um, and it goes back to having random ideas. <laughs> I had an idea. Um, I live in, I was living in Columbia, South Carolina. Well, I live here now, but when I started Black Grown Social Work, um, I lived there and I was like, oh, it would be fun to do like self-care meetups. And so I did one in Columbia. Um, the group was very mad at me because I did one in Columbia, but not in all of these different places. <laughs> I'm like, I can't be in all these different places. How can we, you know, how can we reach you guys? And so I created our state representative, um, kind of like a program. It's where different members, um, we recruit different members to become brand ambassadors and they're called state representatives. um, And they represent their city and state and they host self-care meetups. So right before COVID, I think we were at like 32 locations around the country. Um, That number has dwindled because we had to turn to virtual, but we are back in select locations, Um, I'm so excited about that some of our locations are going back to in person meetups um, once a month. I don't remember exactly the list, but we did just post um, the list of locations that are having in-person meetups on our Instagram platform. Um, And there's actually space on our website where you go under events and you can see like our directory of state representatives and you can connect with them directly on our website.
0: That's awesome. And hopefully um, the way things are trending, you'll be able to keep doing and um
1: in person
0: (laughs) yeah i think there's just something so powerful virtual i mean that's the world we've been living in for the past two years but there is something Mm -hmm. so powerful about in-person face-to-face meetings so yes I i can start doing that again
1: yes and i think a lot of um i've learned i've realized that a lot of the different ideas and different things that we've curated over time in our personal and professional life, they all stem from from in-person settings. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the state representative thing, I thought about it. I didn't really pull the trigger on it. And I was at a meetup in person, just talking it through with my mentor. And she was just like, just do that I think that's Mm -hmm. a great idea um and I was like I don't even know what I would call them and she was just like what about state representatives they're representing their state and so that's how all of that came about um and and it's just it's wild thinking back on the different things that we do now and how we realize that oh those collaborations and that partnership and all these different things that came from an in-person meeting and so virtual has really like Taken away from that, that from us, with us being able to have those sidebar conversations and, you know, developing those different ideas and partnerships and stuff. Thank
0: you for sharing that. Um, I know. In addition to that, you also are a library social worker. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that that's kind of a growing new field. And tell us a little bit more, a little bit more about what you do in the library.
1: Yeah, so library social work is definitely growing. Um, It's definitely growing here in South Carolina. Um, But as a library social worker, um, every library social worker does different things according to the needs of their community. Every community looks different. Um, But for my community, it makes a lot of sense for me to provide one-on-one direct work to any and everyone walking into the library. Um, so that's what I do. One big part of my job is just to be there to offer one-on-one direct um, assessments. So I complete full assessments, um, and then I provide resources and referrals that meets the needs of that person or that family. Um, so that's a big part of what I do as a library social worker. So I hold walk-in hours, and I have times available for appointments for anyone to come in and just talk to me and tell me what's going on, and then I can, can connect them with the right agencies, the right services. I also help them with any applications, um, especially our senior citizens um, that don't really understand, like, the whole online thing, and I, I saw a really big issue with, like, needing an email address to apply to certain things, and a lot of our older um, uh, community members, they don't have email addresses. So helping them set up an email address and things like that, and then helping them put it on their phone because they don't understand right. how to do those types of things. Um, so that's one big part of my position. And then my the other part is bringing in those special programs um, that meet the needs of the entire community. Um, so Recently, we started doing mental health first aid certification classes for the community. We had our first one last month. Um, And then this month, we are hosting financial health classes with um, our our collaboration with an agency here in South Carolina. So doing those different types of programs that meet the needs of the entire community on a a larger scale.
0: And you and I talked a little bit that it makes sense that the library is a place um in the community where people can go. And it might take some of that stigma away of like yes. I'm going to the library to access services. So I think that we are going to continue to see library social work grow because it just makes yes. sense.
1: And it, it does. And and when people describe when people describe the library, they say, you know, it's a place to access information. And that's what I am. I'm a person where you can access information about your social needs. And it's so like when you think about it, it's like, oh, that makes such perfect sense because the library really is a community hub. It's a place where people from all different walks of life come in um, and people that are dealing with so many different things come in. Where I'm stationed at in the library is right next to our computer lab. And what I've noticed is that a lot of people come in to use the computers. To apply to jobs because they're unemployed, mm-hmm. and then with unemployment comes, you know, lack of food, lack of shelter, all of these different things. Um, and so when they're coming into the computer labs, they're using the computers to apply for benefits. They're using the computers to look up and Google all these different things. And before I was there, they were asking our librarians and our computer lab technicians about, oh, what well, can you tell me about the disability? Like, how do I apply for that? And you know, our staff they did the best they could, um, but thankfully, I'm here now, (laughs) and I can kind of bridge that gap. I think it's just such a great resource
0: for libraries to have that, so Mm -hmm. um, it's it's awesome to hear that that's a growing um, part of social work, and that you can assist people in the community. It's a much-needed service.
1: Yes, and it's fun. Um, The, I, I feel like a child, I felt like a child again when I first got Mm -hmm. to the library because it's such a great childhood memory just going into the library and our library is a brand new building um, and it's so colorful, it's so open, it's so bright. It's just I don't know I just I have fun every time I go to work.
0: <laughs> That's what it's all about. I'm a huge book nerd, mm-hmm. so I could spend all day in yes. the library.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I would
0: just yeah. So I think I think a welcoming space is really important too, especially because you said mm-hmm. yours is updated. It's just a warm, welcoming place. Um, yes. For people to go. Yes. Okay, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. So um, you've been in the field and uh, you know, doing a variety of different um roles. What mm-hmm. is one lesson you think you've learned in the field that um, has made you think about social work a little differently?
1: The main lesson that I learned in the field that made me completely look at social work different is how, how versatile the field mm-hmm. is and how much variety is within the field. I had no idea that I could work in a library. Mm-hmm. Um, and just learning that, And I think that I I kind of knew that in college, like in my master's program, I finally was able to really, truly see how diverse it was. We have schools, we have hospitals and, you know, it's different when you hear those things versus when you get into the field and you're able to see, Mm -hmm. and then when you're in the field, you also are able to see how much it's growing and how much it's extending into these different areas um, and so that's one of the biggest lessons is just learning how just how diverse the field is and the different things that you can do and the different options that you have. Um, that's one of the biggest lessons I learned in the field, for sure. I think
0: that's definitely something important is that we have such diverse skill set. I would say like mm-hmm. we, we there's so many different areas of society we can work in so mm-hmm. I always tell people don't sell yourself short like we have skills that are desirable and marketable yes. and it's a way of thinking I think social is like a mindset and
1: a way of thinking and yes and and it's it's amazing to me how the skills that we learn there they say that it's generalist and I, I think a lot of people and I've seen this a lot in our Black Girls in Social Work community that a lot of members that are students, they want to do something very specific. Like they'll say, you know, I want to be a therapist, but I'm a little afraid that social work may not be preparing me for that. And then once you get into the field and you see how what you've learned in your program can literally be applied to any and every part of the field, I think it's just amazing how we are, Social workers are so prepared with the different skill sets that we gain in our programs that it can really truly be applied to all of these different types of, of areas of the field. And I think it's amazing.
0: I agree. That's like one thing that I love about social work is society has this idea of what social work is, which it's mm-hmm. absolutely not that. Um, but mm-hmm. I think what I love is that knowing there are so many options. So if you wanted yes. to explore something new, you can. Um, And you have the skills to do that, which I think a lot of fields don't have that versatility.
1: Yes. And I tell students all the time when I'm speaking with students, take full advantage of your field practicum. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't care if they do assign, like my school, they assigned us, they didn't let us choose. So if they do assign you a place, if you're getting assignments and you're assigned to somewhere that you don't want to be still take full advantage of the experience because you will have the ability to learn now while you're in school what you don't want to do Mm -hmm. versus what you do want to do. So there is something to learn out of every field experience, no matter what it is. Um so I I always tell students, take full advantage of that. If it's one area of social work that you were curious about, get an internship there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And just, you know, play with it with your field practicum. It's a it's a great time to do that.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree, and I think, like, most schools do the field seminar, so you're with other people talking about their field experience, mm-hmm. which, for me, was a great way to just see, like, how different everyone's experience was, and yeah. all the different skills that, you know, even though we were just grad students, we were working in really different places and using different mm-hmm. skills, that that actually excited me. I'm like, oh, there's so much I could do
1: with these. Yeah, skills. that was actually my favorite class, my field seminar class, mm-hmm. um, because the the conversations that we would have, they were so great. Mm -hmm. They were great.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. (coughs) Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. They're great. You get to learn from other people. You get to see like different ways that in different fields, how their supervisors were. Mm It just was really, really, really interesting. So I agree that I think take advantage of your field placements and your field seminar. That's going to be a really important tool.
1: Yeah. And just take mental notes of what, what seems to be working for you and what doesn't seem to be working for you, because that's actually how I learned, you know, how like you go into job interviews and they ask, you know, what's your ideal supervisor? What does Mm -hmm. that look like to you? I learned the answer to that question in my field practicum. Like I, I know what works for me from a supervisor after my experience in an internship so that's why I always tell students it is always something there to learn from your field practicum, whether it's what you don't like mm-hmm. or what you do like yeah
0: <laughs> it's definitely a good wake-up call and communication because you definitely mm-hmm. have to be able to communicate and this is I think kind of one of the first times in um the social work world where you have to advocate for yourself yes very yes. important tool. we advocate for others all the time but we need to be our own best advocate so I think that's mm-hmm. if it's not working for you advocate for yourself right what do you yep. need of the internship so I think yep. that's all really really important life lessons and career lessons oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah um, kind of building off of that, what is one professional tool or resource that you would suggest new social workers or social workers who have been in the field for the while, for a while utilize?
1: Um, I would say community support mm-hmm. um, within social work. So finding great community support, whether that's one social worker that you're connected with, it, it does not matter if it's one, two or a thousand, just make sure you have some type of social work support. Um, and I say that because I, all of the different places that I've, I've worked at so far with social work, I have learned what it feels like to be professionally isolated, um, especially in like a, the healthcare field where it's so many, or even in the school where it's so many different positions in play in, at your office and at your agency, and you may be the only social worker, or you may not have social workers there that you can connect with and you can grow and learn from for a different, different reasons or whatever that may be. Um, but it can be professionally isolating. Um, and it, that really does make a difference as a social worker. Um, and so having that support, I think is very important and just um, finding that support for you that works well for you so that you do have someone to call. I know that as a library social worker, it can be very hard for me because I'm the only social worker there and I'm not connected to like an office of social workers. Um, and so having that connection and having that support with other social workers really does save me from becoming burned out and Mm -hmm. from feeling like I'm alone and not having, you know, that social work support because it's, it's different. It's a difference in having support from your supervisor and leadership at your job it's a difference when that that supervision and that leadership is coming from an actual social worker um and so i would say having that that support
0: i 100% agree with that um in the schools sometimes it can be similar like teachers maybe don't fully understand what mm. social workers go through or what i found was sometimes the biggest challenge was administrators like principals or assistant principals mm-hmm they were more coming from it from like a business standpoint and like not seeing how holistic social work is so mm-hmm. definitely important you have connections whether that be yeah. with your agency or outside because those are the people yeah. that you really want to lean on
1: um yeah and it is it's really it's becoming more social support is becoming more a little more accessible especially yeah. from the pandemic with things becoming so virtual so there are a lot more Um, like Facebook groups for social workers um, and different social groups. Um, Of course, NASW, and they're having a lot of virtual things. There's NABSW, they're doing a lot of virtual things. So there are options for support, but I would just say, you know, whatever you can find. There's even groups on LinkedIn. Um, I didn't know that, but there are groups on LinkedIn you can join as well. So I think just having that social support with other social workers as a social worker, is very important, um, especially in our world today and what that looks like.
0: Definitely, Um, I also encourage encourage people that are maybe just out of school, reach out to your school after graduating. Like you had a cohort of people that you um, graduated with. So definitely reach out to your school that they sometimes put, um, I know my school does like once a year, they do either virtual or in-person events. So that's a great way to Mm -hmm. stay connected as well so there's tons of opportunities just make sure you're seeking them out and finding what's the right fit for your needs
1: yeah just staying connected with like the alumni center um when i was in grad school we actually had when i was in grad school and undergrad we actually had facebook pages for our class so our court we had like facebook group um I think like my general class, we had like a group me and things like that. And just just staying connected, um, whether that's through social media, in person, however you can, just make mm-hmm. sure you're you're not finding yourself professionally isolated, because that can be tough. It can be really tough, especially with the work that we do. Absolutely. So kind of talking about
0: burnout and, you know, our jobs can be very intense at times. What is one way that you practice
1: self-care or manage burnout, manage stress? So one way that I practice self-care is setting boundaries, not just for others, but for myself Mm -hmm. Um, as a social worker and how enmeshed mesh being a social worker is to my personality. I want to help. I am such a helper, but I have to set boundaries with myself And, you know, being strict with myself and saying, no, this is your time. What would you like to do today? What do you want to prioritize today? Um, And just going beyond those different self-care activities, like, you know, getting, we were talking about getting our nails done. I got my nails done yesterday. And going beyond those things and journaling, checking in with myself mentally. How do I feel today? Writing down those thoughts um, and really, truly making it a routine and not just something I do when I'm in crisis, like when I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have not been taking care of myself. I need to take a time, but actually creating a routine before it gets to that point. I think
0: that's really good that you touched on that point, because so many times, like you said, we get into crisis mode or we are mm-hmm. burnt out and then we're trying mm-hmm. to, to figure out what to do. And by then, like, like we talked about, um, when you're burnt out, you're not 100 your, you know, percent. So yeah. you really got to put in the work to do it beforehand so you don't get to a yeah. point. And I think the biggest thing is being yeah. self-aware, right? If you're yeah. not self-aware, you are gonna probably get into a routine. You might be six months into a job and be like, wow, I'm miserable and I've been here for six months. So yeah, definitely check in with yourself daily um, mm-hmm. and make yourself a priority because we are social mm-hmm. workers, um, but we are also our people and human beings
1: yeah and, and I don't say that you know when you get a routine of caring for yourself that the crisis won't happen it'll happen absolutely but I think that when you're you're routinely maintenancing your wellness your response to crisis situation will be so much better a thousand times better I can say that from experience that when I'm routinely taking care of myself and being more self-aware of like you know, how I handle things and how I emotionally respond to things. When crisis do come up, I can notice, you know, those things better. I can say, okay, wait, I am in crisis mode. Okay, let me think about what's been working for me recently. Let's try that. Let's try this. Um, So not to say that, you know, when you have a crisis, they won't bother you you know, you will have an emotional response, but it'll be a different type of response because you've been routinely taking care of yourself.
0: And you are aware that you're in crisis
1: mode. Yes, I think
0: that's (laughs) such a hard thing. Like when you're burnt out, it seems like everything's a crisis, right?
1: Yes. Yes. So Mm -hmm. just being
0: aware that this is, this is, you know, I'm being pushed to my maximum. Um, that is, More than half the battle. So I think that's really important. Advice is just being self-aware, being in tune, and Mm -hmm. um, boundaries is such an important thing. And I wish that Mm -hmm. they talked about it more in our uh, social work programs. But you gotta learn to set boundaries as a social worker, or you will become burned out.
1: Yes, and I I think with me, like I, I went on this journey of learning how to set boundaries with others. But then I got into a crisis, and then while I'm reflecting, I realized I got into this situation because I was forcing boundaries on others, but I wasn't forcing a boundary on myself. You have to learn how to set boundaries for yourself because, of course, you want to help because you Mm want to be there. But you have to learn to say no, not just to other people, but to yourself, because sometimes you can it can be you. That's the problem. Sometimes
0: (laughs) I I agree. And sometimes that's the hardest thing is that is I mean, that was
1: much harder for me. That was much harder than setting boundaries with other people, setting boundaries with myself. That was so hard.
0: I think for me, it's the same. Like I have this tendency to want to push, 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 push through and mm-hmm. feeling guilt for setting a boundary. Like, yes. Oh, I'll just finish this one thing today. But it's like, yeah. you no, know, it's okay. If I need my body to rest, mm-hmm. it's okay. If I need to take a mental health day today, that's, yes. that's to replenish myself and get myself to 100% because we yes. matter. We matter. Our well being mm-hmm. matters. It can be hard, but I agree. Yeah. Um, Got to set
1: boundaries with ourselves. You do. Mm-hmm. You do.
0: So, our last piece um, that we're going to talk about is our million dollar question. You know, we are agents <laughs> of change. We're trying to create change, whether it be small or big, and so many different settings. How are you an agent of change?
1: I believe that I am an agent of change through changing the way that we operate within social work as black women, I think, Um, and just trying to navigate those different nuances that come into play with those inner inner sectionalities of um, race and gender um, in the social work field and just in the workforce period. Um, I think that I have been an agent of just changing that trajectory for Black women, how they respond to the different those different nuances, and just how they're able to find success personally and professionally. Um, and I think that as a creative, um, I'm an agent of change for just changing, well, not changing, but showing how you can really truly create things within the social work field that you like to do, um, you don't have to go a traditional route and mm-hmm. have you know the the normal nine to five day to day job. You can create agencies if you like. You can create businesses if you like um, that are still social work, just like agents of change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think that as a creative, I am definitely being an agent of change of changing how we see social work um and what we label as social work as well.
0: Well I want to thank you for that. And I just want to thank you for, you know, sharing your expertise with us. You're um welcome. taking the time to to share some of your tools and tips and you can follow dequa on a few different what routes you can find her blackgirlsinsocialwork.com um she's also on facebook and insta and then her mm-hmm. own personal instagram is a black girl in social work i will also for our listeners link all of that so you guys can connect but i definitely suggest you checking out her network they're doing amazing awesome things they Thank continue you. to grow and do awesome stuff we're excited to partner with them um, Yay yay Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your expertise with us today
1: thank you and thank you for what you do with your social work test prep Um, our members are loving it Um, our members some of our members have used it before um, and they really value your youtube videos even this podcast um, and just the different things that you guys offer so thank you so much for choosing to do what you do
0: Thank you so much.
1: I'm loving that we can partner because social work
0: is so diverse, and you got to really rely on partnerships to be able to get the word out about all the different stuff. So, um, we're really excited about what's to come. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you.